You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Offensive line. It was the only thing we talked about last week, and I'll be completely honest with you. Going into that game, I was a little worried when you're without three offensive line members. I mean, we think about those flashbacks from the playoffs last year and all the hits Joe Burrow took, even in the division around alone against the Titans. Jackson Carmen getting the start at tackle. Cordell Volson's been 50-50 some of the season. He's had a few moments. Then you have Hakeem Adeniji out there. And Ted Karras, who was battling through. Um, I know he was going to the sideline a couple of times. I feel like we'll get a little more about how he's feeling this week. But as of now, Zach Taylor says he's going to be good to go for that Kansas City game um, in a few days. But let's go to the offensive line. Focus on what really stood out to you first. Uh, the dominance. Just the push they had in the run game, I think is what stands out to me the most, whether it's their solo blocks, their double teams, um, tight ends too, to get got in wide receivers. Everybody just blocked their tails off in the run game. And it just showed up. It, it, it even if the bills pass rush wasn't that great and they were down Daquan Jones, you still think of a lot of these guys as good run defenders, whether it's Ed Oliver, Gregory Russo, or um, Shaq Lawson, all these guys, you know, that they, they kind of have a similar approach to the Bengals where they like to get the run defenders as all the complementary pieces and then you throw on a Von Miller or you throw on a Trey Hendrickson if you're the Bengals and they just dominated them like there's so few I think there was one play that was less that that was tackled for a loss in the run game and they had 40 percent of their runs were first downs that's insane because you're usually running on like first and second down like first and ten second and five to average over five yards a carry for Joe Mixon. I think it was over four yards a carry for Samaj P. Ryan and put up some of the best numbers in a run game this season, in a playoff game, in the snow, on the road, against a mismatch. Awesome. I just some of the some of the blocks that these guys made is just incredible to me. I, and I think it was very, very well designed. I think that the Bengals staff did a really good job of forcing defensive backs to try to defend the run. They did a good job of using their guys to the best of their abilities, to their unique skill sets. But none of that happens if you're not getting the push and the performance and the execution from this offensive line. And that's what I thought was the most impressive. Like, yeah, the pass protection was pretty impressive. I think Burrow helps that a bit too with how fast he gets rid of the ball and how good he does at avoiding some of that edge pressure and even the interior pressure, but just the run game was just incredible to me. And to get your butt kicked for 60 minutes by three backup offensive linemen, and then not the two 
best. Like Kappa was out. Like they had starters still, but they didn't have like a, an elite starter. They had a pretty good center and a fourth round rookie left guard. Just awesome, man. That's that's just you know is what it's what you write stories and stuff about. That. Like the underdog takes the takes it to them, and I thought that was awesome. That I just I was not expecting that. Like. I thought if they're going to get something in the run game, it'd be very well designed and they'd be a junk ball pitcher type thing. We're going to throw everything at them. And they kind of did a little bit of that and they did a really good job designing it. But just the performance they got outside of all of that, just the push. I just think of the push. Like Volson and Karras were driving guys in those double teams like six yards downfield. Like Mixon just had to like on some plays just kind of walk behind the, the center guard double team and he'd get four or five yards. There was one of my favorite mix-in runs was in the fourth quarter with less than seven minutes to go, and he got tripped up, and he was going all the way for a touchdown. It was nothing but green grass in the end zone, well, snow in the end zone, and he was, I want to say they were on the 50, and it just felt like he just got tripped up at the end, and I thought, oh, my Yeah, it was uh, offensive lineman leg came up as he was trying to squeeze through the hole, and it hit his leg, and he fell down. I was like, ah, man, that was it. (laughs) I mean, that game wasn't even close. And I'm I'm I I feel that way and I feel very confident in saying that. It I was know technically over in the first quarter. 14 nothing. Bills never scored 14. I mean, it, it's insane to to go about that because you go into the game and I'm not sure how you felt, but the snow starts to come down. And not that Joe Burrow's good when it's under 35 degrees. He knows how to play in these conditions. He's an Ohio guy. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be snowing. Is this going to help Cincinnati? What's this going to look like for the offensive line? It's going to be loud. They're obviously on the road. And it's just absolutely incredible. We'll focus still on the offense right now. When you think about the run game, you talk about Joe Mixon and and P. Ryan. But when Joe starts off well, you're like, oh, it's a Joe Mixon game. He's going to be just fine. He's going to run the ball just fine. They had 30 first downs on offense, which is absolutely incredible too. But I want to go back to Jackson Carmen because we talked about it on last week's podcast. And look. There are two important games still to be played. And I say two because you have to win this one to get to the next one. And we talked about the left tackle position. Jackson Carmen getting a lot of love out there. Uh, Jonah Williams still sidelined. Zach Taylor did say in his Monday press conference uh, to be determined if Jonah or Alex Kappa can go in this game. I think it's pretty encouraging that Alex Kappa did travel with the team. He was on the sideline when Frank Pollock was giving that speech to his offensive lineman wearing his boot in the snow. Uh, credit to the guy. How did you feel about Jackson Carmen as a whole taking that left tackle position? I thought he was good. Like legitimately good. Like last, last week, I think people kind of put like the, yeah, he was fine. I didn't think he was very, I thought it was the Bengals didn't call a real offense was the first issue. And then he gave up the sack and had a couple other pressures. And he just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Is that just the Jackson Carmen we're used to? And he had some good plays. Like, I don't want to discredit it too much. This game, he's legitimately good. Like this would have been an upper echelon Jonah game. And I think we've talked about that with the Denny where he can give, and he has given a few times upper echelon Lyle Collins games. So when you get those from your backup, it's really impressive. Um, I'll say it wasn't perfect. Like there, there were a few flubs here and there. He, he missed a corner on a pooling play where he should have blown that guy up. He threw the guy into Joe Burrow's leg at one point, And, you know, he had a, another one or two misses in pass protection. But he, look, it's his second start left tackle. Just strictly on the field. He goes off the field. Not a fan. But on the field, <laughs> uh, I thought he played well. I thought he played really well. And um, if this is leading – is this leading to a Jonah versus Jackson question if they're healthy? I don't know if I can get there. I think I'd go Jonah still. I just think the 
the length of time he's been here, as long as he is healthy enough to play, I feel more comfortable with him playing than I do Carmen, even though Carmen did just have a good performance. I think Carmen has kind of saved his career a little bit with this because he was probably getting cut. He was always a healthy inactive every week. You've got the off field baggage. You've got all this other issues. And it actually seems like the third time they've done this mature story might've actually happened. So I, I kind of, I, I need to be a little bit more patient, I think with these guys, because I was just kind of writing them off as like, well, whatever, I'm not a fan. I'd rather start Prince patience. I don't know about the whole natural position thing, but he was a tackle and he could still play tackle. He never could play guard, even if that's what it seemed like he'd project to. And I think the back injury last year might've been more serious than we let on. We talk about Collins back injury all the time. Maybe that's part of the issue with Carmen who also had back surgery in the off season before playing. Uh, so all those things considered, I think it is fair to give Carmen a lot of credit. Uh, but with all that said, I think I'd still just go Jonah just because I think Jonah's fine. I think he's solid. I, I don't know where this Jonah's terrible narrative come from other than seeing all the times people have tagged me and said, you know, he leaves the league in sacks. It's like, well, they're not all his fault, man. Like I don't have a cut up, but there's plenty of times where somebody else gives up the pressure and then Joe Burrow tries to run away from that. And Jonah's guy just gets to go make the tackle because Joe Burrow runs into it or he's running away and it's not really Jonah's fault. It's like five seconds after the play. Like, yeah, he gives up sacks. Like it's not to say he's never given up a sack in his, in this season, but I think it's just, it's just a bad way to evaluate offensive linemen because Jackson Carmen, if we were doing that would still be on pace to give up like nine sacks this season, which would be top five. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think this is a good thing if you have this problem. Say jo say Jackson has to play in this game and the Bengals are able to win and he looks good out there. If you get another two to three weeks, which I'll, I'll count this week as a, as a third week until you get to that two-week period before the Super Bowl, if they win this game, you get Jonah Williams rest going into the Super Bowl and, and, and getting that time to heal. You could say the same thing for Alex Kappa. If we're going into the offseason and say that Jackson Carmen performs well, that he can be another depth piece when it comes to the tackle position, that is a great problem to have for a team that has offensive line issues. For a rookie that – well, not even a rookie, second-year player that a lot of people thought, what a bad draft pick. It, it, it ends up working out that he can be, you know, maybe developmental starting tackle on this team. That is a great problem to have because Jonah Williams is going to have one. He's going to be on this team next year, and he's more than likely going to be the left tackle next year. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's it for Jonah. But if you got Jackson Carmen in the wing waiting to take over that position, he's still part of the staff as a de developmental piece with Frank Pollock in this line. That is a great problem when it comes to this offensive line. So those conversations will be fun to have. I'm hoping they're optimistic and we're talking about the position because there's a huge game at Arrowhead coming up. And can he have – Burrowhead. Burrowhead. Uh, can he have – the, the clip of Mike Hilton saying that is my all-time all favorite. What is Eli Apple doing in that clip, by the way? I think – oh, I don't – <laughs> they're having a lot of fun. They're yeah, just having fun. fun. 
they're ha- it's a party. But um, I-, I love everything about that those uh, social media sideline clips. But yeah, when you talk about this offensive line, this is a good problem to have. I hope we're having that conversation. Can he have two back-to-back good performances? I'm not a doctor. I don't know if Jonah Williams is going to play. We will find out more when they hit the practice field Wednesday and Thursday. I would say Zach Taylor, the way he has handled injuries all season long, he's very cautious. I know this is a super, I know it's the playoffs and it's one and done. So you got to take it with, hey, if my starters can go at 80%, I'm going to put them out there. I think you're still going to roll with Jackson Carmen. But the other question I'd have, if Alex Kappa is good to go, if he's, if he's at 70%, are you putting Alex Kappa out there or are you saying – we're going to roll with Max. I'm putting Kappa out there at 70%. Yeah. I think he's really good. Like, I, I think he's legitimately a good player. So, like, I, I think Jonah's been fine this year, kind of regressed from last year. I thought he was pretty good. And I was like, well, if he makes a jump and he didn't make that jump, he actually jumped backwards. Uh, but he's still not bad. Like, I think he's fine. That's why I would still play him if he's healthy. Uh, but Kappa, even at 70%, I'd play him just because he's legitimately a good right guard in the league. And you're facing Chris Jones. I, I think if anybody can execute a game plan against Chris Jones, it's probably Alex Kappa, right? Like, who do you trust more? Even 70%. Like, I still trust Kappa more than I would Max Sharping if there comes a situation where he has to block Chris Jones one-on-one. Or even if it's just executing the game plan and making sure Chris Jones doesn't get outside him because he has Karras on the inside. Um, that's just Kappa all the way, especially because this Chiefs game, like I mentioned, Chris Jones, they don't really have edge rushers you're too worried about. Maybe rookie Karloftis, maybe friend Carlos Dunlap, but um, not a ton. Like those, neither one of those guys are like a legitimately good number two type rusher. They're more like number three pieces uh, to me. So I'm more worried about the interior than I am the outside. And uh, so if I can get help on the interior, that's more important to me because you really don't want it. Chris Jones to destroy this game the same way Aaron Donald did in the Super Bowl. And he can really do that. Uh, I know we're not talking, you know. Yeah, I think he's the second best defensive tackle in the league after Aaron Donald, especially at rushing the passer. Yeah, I I would say that's going to be one of my biggest concerns. And you look ahead to previews and predictions later this week when it comes to this offensive line. Look, the Chiefs are different than the Bills. They're a better team. I'll say right now, they're a better team. Um, they struggled in some of their games late in regular season, but this, this is going to be no joke facing him. And, um, I know he wants revenge from Joe Burrow getting out of that sack and running for the first down in the second half of the AFC championship game. And it was, uh, honestly, I feel like that was the play of the game to be completely honest with you. There he lifts his feet. And he just runs straight ahead. And I mean, he runs, gets out of it. And then he's on the ground. Chris Jones is on the ground. And I'm like, dude, that saved the game. That saved the game, and that was the drive um, that this team needed. And I just you look back on that, and those Chiefs players know they, they've lost three in a row to, to this guy in an, about twelve months and a week period of time. Uh, so it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a battle out there. But I think that's gonna be something to watch when they get back to practice. If Alex Kappa can go, I know that some of the injured players do travel with the team, but for him to be out there, he's off the scooter, he's now in the boot. Um, does that mean that this guy's going to tough it out? He did it before when he was with Tampa and he, he could probably do it again. I mean, it's one and done. You gotta, you gotta win this game to get to the bowl. So, uh, I think they're going to, uh, I think they're going to roll with him if he can go, but we really won't know until they get to practice tomorrow and Thursday, if what this offensive line is going to look like. So would you feel okay? Safe, safe. It was Kappa Karras, Jackson Carmen, Hakeem Adeniji. Do I feel okay? Cordell Wilson. Yeah. Um, I think so. 
I think I'd feel okay. I, I, that performance that they gave this week, I think, bumps me from feeling like because if you asked me two weeks ago and then tell me the performance they're going to have like Bengals win and they face the chiefs what's your where are you i'd be like a two out of ten <laughs> in my confidence i'd be like i'm scared yeah but uh this now i'm more like i'm nervous a little bit probably around like a five out of ten on on the scale here instead in confidence instead of a two out of ten i'm, I'm nervous just because chris jones is such a good player and these are still, you know, they're backups and a third string guy. So it could fall down, but I'm not scared so much. Like, like nervous, cautiously optimistic, I guess, maybe just like, I think they can do this. And whether they give up one sack to Chris Jones, that's definitely possible, but I don't think they'll do any type of situation where it's like three sacks from Jones and he's pressuring Burrow on 40% of his dropbacks type situation. Like I think I feel confident that they can stop Jones from wrecking the game. Not to get too much into this, but I do want to bring it up just because we're talking offensive line and we hit it already when it comes to the run game. Do you think they're going to be able to run the ball? I do. Um, the Chiefs front outside of Jones isn't as impressive as the Bills front, uh, especially linebacker wise. I think they can run at those linebackers a bit. They kind of did that in the first game kind of just went right at those linebackers the entire game. So if they're going to run, do that type of stuff, I think they can. And if you are going to get Chris Jones anywhere, it's actually on run plays and they got him on one uh, on their crunch play, uh, which is a wham with a trap that wham block worked because Chris Jones loves getting up field. He, he likes rushing the passer. So rush the passer. You just got to remind him, got to play the run too and hit him with a tight end out of nowhere uh, or, or a guard out of nowhere. It's uh I don't know. There's there's a, a fun meme about it where it's the undertaker standing behind somebody laughing and the guy that's laughing is like the defensive line going unblocked and the undertaker is like a pooling guard. And that is what you can kind of do to Chris Jones a little bit. Not, he's still a really good player, so you can't just hammer that the entire game. But just remind him, like, you got to put the run two against this team. If you're Zach Taylor and you lose the coin toss. I, I mean, if you're if you win the coin toss, what are you doing? I have a, I've had a 10, what, 15 week war with Zach Taylor over, I would still defer, um, but he's probably going to receive the ball. You got to do it. You, if you score to begin the game, Bengals have a great record. They have a great record. They're wearing the all white unis. I love it because if they win, they can just do the whole entire AFC champ celebration, just like they did last year. Same uniforms, new hat. Who lifts Burrow instead of Tyler Shelvin? Oh my gosh, this is a great question. Um, you go, and I'm going to come up with mine. Uh, reader. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like trying to think. I was like Jamar Chase, and I was like, no, he's so tiny. He wouldn't be able to. <laughs> It'd be hilarious <laughs> if I tried to recreate Jamar Chase fell down trying to hold him up or something. Never mind. Jamar Chase is strong like, enough that he could do it. I'm just saying that, you know, he is not DJ Reader, Tyler Shelvin type. Hayden Hurst. Nick says Hayden Hurst, and I like that. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, but people forget that Joe's pretty tall. He's a pretty tall dude. 6'4". Um, 6'4"? Pretty big for a quarterback, I would say. Hayden Hurst, yeah. probably 6'5". Um, goodness, I hope we're talking about that. I hope we're talking about that when we record on Sunday night, that uh, who, who held Joe Burrow up, because you know they're going to do it. They're going to do it again.
Um, I love the DJ reader. Two of the most valuable players on the team. Yeah. Um, knowing that you have to do that. Well, more on the defensive side next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.